The great irony of life is this. We all want a life we love and more time with the ones we love. But our job, the very thing that's supposed to be the financial vehicle to provide that freedom, is the very thing that chains us down. Do you think you have what it takes to rise above yourself? Are you ready to start transforming your dreams into reality? If so, I'm Cody Teal. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast, a tribe of dreamers and doers, rebels and fighters that are here to prove to the world you can have your cake and eat it too. We're diving in without any intro today. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome podcast people. How are you doing? Hopefully awesome. Just a, well, actually a quick note, didn't plan on this. So many times people ask us how we're doing and nine times out of 10, we say, well, I'm doing fine, whatever. Like if you just change your reaction, that say, I'm doing great. How about you? Just watch how people respond much more affirmatively and how your day just gets better. Anyway, I often get asked the question, how do I make six figures or how do you get six figures is so young or what, what's the, what's the path to six figures? And so I wanted to take a two part series and go over that. So today's going to be part one and then part two will be tomorrow. Or maybe I'll split it up over three days and do an interview in between. I don't know. But over the next couple of days, you will get a two-part series on earning six figures. And so some of you might already be six-figure earners, and that's great. Um, this is something you could share with other people that are wanting to, to learn to earn that so you they have some context and perspective on, on how to earn six figures in the United States. So we're going to go ahead and dive right in. First, let's outline the traditional path most people in America go through to get six figures. Now, six figures in America is very possible. That's a lot of people. That's like that's only the 5%, which I guess is still pretty high a minority, but are pretty unique or small minority, I should say. But the uh, traditional route to six figures is a lot of training or a lot of work over time, right? So think about the, the typical path, doctors, dentists, lawyers, you know, specialists, whatever, um, they go to school for, or they go to undergraduate school for four years, maybe three, and they do at least another four years of training before they get to that six figure route. And, and usually if you're a higher degree special, speciality, it's additional schooling or training after that. So you're looking at eight to 10 years of school to get to six figures. And I know I have a lot of dentist friends and lawyer friends that do very, very well for themselves. Um, typically, a lot of them, especially the lawyers, the dentists are working a lot of hours, um, but they're, they're doing well for themselves and it's, it's good. Now, just because that is a very prescribed and I would say even safe route to six figures doesn't mean there, there aren't other routes. Um, another shorter route is getting an MBA. Um, even an MBA still is about four years because most quality MBA programs that are going to get you that six figures are going to require some work experience before they allow you in. So usually you'll have to go to undergrad for four years and then a professional experience for another one to two years minimum. And then you go into your MBA school, which is another two years. Um, so all said and done, you're still about eight years in before you're, you're popping out those eight figures. So, but what about people that don't have a degree or that struggle at school? or that still want that high income per earning potential, but just are just don't want to, for whatever reason, don't want to go the traditional route. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, I, I will probably end on this, but I want to give a preface to it. Um, the people that 
get those six figures through schooling or education or training, they still have to work really hard. Most of those routes do require a high degree of work and they're very competitive. And so the people that get in those are still working their freaking butt off. And so I know a lot of people want a shortcut to six figures, but it's like a mountain climb I went on. So growing up, I would hike this mountain called Table Rock. And there were two routes to Table Rock. There was Huckleberry Canyon and the face. Now you still climb, you still started in the same location. You still started at the same base, but there were different routes to the top. And so Huckleberry Canyon was a six mile gen, gen, gentle climb from 7,000 feet to 11,000 feet. So still, still 3,000 feet in elevation. Um, well, 4,000 feet in elevation, but it, it was over six miles plus. The other route was the face and the face was only four miles, but you still have the same elevation gain. And so you had to be in a lot better shape to do the face, especially going up and down. And so I think the, the analogy to six figures is, is very similar. The, the top where you start and the top are very, very similar and if you want to go the shorter route versus like some people like staying in careers for 20 years and then finally earn six figures, but whether that's through training and education or through your own grind, it's still a steep climb and you still have to hustle and it's not for the faint of heart, whatever route you choose. And so I know the title of this is shortcut, but it's shortcut in the sense that all you're doing is compressing the same elevation gain in a shorter distance. In other words, you're you're compressing that amount of years into a lot less out in a, a lot more hours, right? We could we could take 20 years to earn six figures, but that means I'm only working 30, 40 hours a week. I'm gonna take and I'm gonna instead of working 30, 40 hours a week, I'm gonna work 80, 90 hours and compress it into half the time in terms of the the length, right? Not the actual time you cram into your day. So I think that that is worth saying from the beginning. Um, but really simple. The other route is being a middleman between a product and a consumer. So there's people out there that are really, really, really good at creating products or operations or, or creating a, a product, product development, right? Um, and there's all these people out there that want that product. But oftentimes the people that create the product um, don't know how or just don't have the manpower to be able to deliver that product. And so they need someone to get their, their, their voice out there, whether that's marketing, advertising, or salespeople. And specifically with salespeople, you serve as that middle person between a product development and the consumer. So your, your product delivery is what you're really doing, right? Or, or product distribution is, is getting your word out there. And again, sometimes you do that through advertising or marketing, um, but the one I want to talk about today is through sales. And so... People that salespeople or not necessarily, I don't want to say necessarily, like, I don't want to just get pegged by the account, the name salespeople. There's plenty of other names for it. Account executive, representative, like there's a ton of names for it, but that, that's what you are is you're a salesperson because you're trying to convince someone else, persuade someone else to buy this product, right? And so if you want to make six figures in that realm, you need to first pick a, pick a product or service that has high financial upside. Right, so you can't like it'd be really, really hard to get there, selling something that like is as trivial as like bubblegum, right, or like or ice cream, like these something that has a low dollar amount. It's you have to sell a lot of that to get to six figures in terms. And I'm talking income. I'm not talking revenue. 
And it, it would take a lot of sales because the margins are so thin. So you want to find a product or service that has a high financial upside to be able to get there. So um, there's there's two types of these these products. So you can kind of dif- differentiate them in the real world nowadays. That the, the, And there's more than this. I'm just giving two examples here because it's podcast and I can't talk about everything. It's not a textbook. There's software and then there's in-home services. So software has really high financial upside and there's a lot of softwares that sell for a really high ticket. Um, and some that sell for a low ticket as well, but they have plenty of salespeople out there uh, that, that are trying to sell their, their product. And software is an amazing way to make a really good income. Typically the, the benefits of software are you're not out like knocking doors a ton. You're actually in a nice air conditioned room and they usually have a longer life cycle for software sales. And so it's usually a commission plus salary split. And that's for a lot of people gives a little bit of security for them and, and they like that. So there's a little more, there's more consistency in software sale, sales. Um, typically there's not as big as upside. Um, like you can't, the there's no like, there, there are, I, I'm hesitant to say that because there are a lot of people in software sales that make a ton of money. But generally speaking, you're going to make more on a consistent basis than someone that does in-home services, but you're not going to make runaway money really quick. Because again, it's just longer life cycles. If it's a commission plus salary split, um, it's just harder to, to hit those those big t- bigger like run like home run years, right? So again, not that it can't happen. It does happen, but it does it it the if you look at the average, it's a little more leveled out, which is good if you're looking for more consistency. All right, the second one is in-home services. And I'm going to include real estate in this just so you know, because I think real estate really is sales because you're connecting a buyer and a seller. And in-home services. So pest control, security, um, cleaning services, exterior, home exteriors like roofing or windows, siding, interiors, renovation, um, solar, and home security. I think I mentioned home security. And, and there, there's there's several others, but those are HVAC, I guess, is another one. Those, those are the main ones of just there's a huge huge just consumer market and in-home services are typically higher ticket items including real estate um really high ticket right uh, but it, it are, it's people that are look looking to improve their dwelling space right and those are usually higher ticket items so those are really good places to look for and start the, the advantage of in-home services is usually there's well it's a lot more polarized than software usually. And they're usually all commission sales. And there's some people that are breakaway successes and there's some people that are break off failures. And uh, because it's it's the wild west out there within home services. But anyway, so th- those are the two things to, to look at. And today I wanted to not go over specifics of skill. Uh, the next episode, I'm going to go over specific skills you want to do. Um, today, I just want to help you like find a good company and what to look for. And that way you can start to start your search if you're looking, okay, I'm a, just like if you're a doctor or dentist, right? A doctor or dentist, if they're, when they're in undergrad school, they want that six figures or they want to, and they want to make an impact on people. And so they start looking at schools, figuring out like what school is going to help me get there. And that's, you have to look at it the same way is you are looking for a company, especially if you're new to this, you can't look at them just like a, a company that's going to pay you a lot of money. You have to look at them like a school because if you're new to this, you need more training than you need money right now. Even though money is probably what you do need, um, you're not going to get any money if you don't get the training. So you have to look for a company just like a, a dentist looks for a, a dental school. 
and it's going to, some have strengths and others have weaknesses and you need to be able to be good at depicting those, which is really hard for someone that has never done this before. And so that's why I'm doing this podcast. And whereas like a doctor or dentist have a potential doctor, a pre-med student has a lot of like evaluations of people they can talk to. That's not, there's not like a, a company review site for, <laughs> I guess, Glassdoor, but not really, um, for that's authoritative on whether a company is going to train you to be a good salesperson or not. So these are things you need to look for if you're looking to, to get in there. So what does a co- co- good company look like if you're looking to earn six figures as a salesperson, whether it's software or in-home services? Um, first, the most important thing for a company from your perspective as a salesperson is can they produce predictable results for their commission salespeople. I'm gonna say that one more time. This is literally the most important thing. Can they produce predictable results for commission salespeople? How do you know they're producing consistent results? Because they have salespeople that have been there for over two years that are continually earning six figures. That's it, okay? Like if you have, if you're, if you're there and there's people that have been there for two years or more and those people have consistently earned six figures and there's lots of them, they're producing predictable results, all right? A lot of times you'll apply for a job and there'll be people that have been there for like less than a year and not there's like one or two people that are runaway successes and they'll always point to those people like, this person's making $200,000 a year, but there's only like one or two of them. They've only been there for a year and there's no one else that's been there for a year. You know one thing, that company has super high churn and those people are just really lucky or they're just freaking hard workers and they're paid a crazy high amount because the company can't afford to lose them because the company has bad culture because they lose people. And so they have to pay these high income earners. Um, I know I kind of just breezed over that. There's like some, a lot of cultural nuances there. I hope you caught them. Um, but your most important thing is to look for a company that produces predictable results among set like dozens of people. All right. And if they do that, then you know that you have a higher likelihood of success because one, you know that they have a system that works, right? Like they're not just small, a lot of smaller companies don't have a system that works. If they don't have a system that works, it's just a crapshoot on whether you're going to be good enough to sell a product or not. They need a system that sells and gets predictable results. And the evidence of that is lots of people selling consistently. All right. Second thing you need to look for is do they can deliver consistent value to the customer? Now I want to be very, I want you to understand what I said and what I didn't say. I didn't say deliver great value. I didn't say deliver poor value. I just said deliver consistent value to the customer, right? That, that's the sign of a good restaurant. A good restaurant delivers consistent value. Like McDonald's, some people say that's a crappy restaurant. Some people say it's a great restaurant. It doesn't matter. Like the burger that they deliver is the same every time. And so it's consistent and so they grow. Um, that, that's like the difference between a successful restaurant and a poor restaurant is a successful restaurant delivers the same product every time. So the same customers come back because they want the same results. The poor restaurants are all over the map. And so they can't like get consistency. So they got a business. That's the same in like software or in-home services. There's some companies out there that are all over the map and they have really inconsistent ser- customer service. They'll have some people that are awesome and great and other people that are super, super pissed. You know, like you just want someone that can delivers consistent results, especially when you're first getting there because you just, you need consistency because you're in commission sales and commission sales is not consistent. So you need someone that delivers the product consistently. All right. And then so those are two things to look for predictable results and consistency. Again, that 
because guess what? Commission sales is inconsistent. So you need something to balance that out. All right. So those are, those are some tips. And well, that's a tip. Those are strategy. That's a strategy on if you are someone that's looking to make six figures, where to look, software and home sales, and what to look for in a good company, predictable results and consistency. And the last thing I'm going to remind you that I said at the beginning, if you want to go down this path, it is going to be hard. A dentist or a doctor, well, dentist, not so much. Doctors, lawyers, consultants, all these people that want to make a lot of money. Guess what? They have to work a freaking ton to make that money. You're not any different. And so what does that actually look like? It looks like 80 hours a week for months on end, especially when you first get started. When I first started doing home sales, I did probably at least six to eight months of 80 hours a week straight before I started really being successful. And so you really have to ask yourself this question. This is the most important question you have to ask. Is six figures worth 80 hours of work a week to me? Am I willing to sacrifice 80 hours of work a week, not a month, a week to get where I want to go? If it, if it is, and you actually are going to put in the work, then do it. If it's not, it's okay to respectfully bow out and, and not get there. But if you're not willing to put in 80 hours devoted to developing your craft and, and practicing it, then your likelihood of success is very, 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 very little. As in, I can only think of one person right now, maybe two people that have actually done it and not and work less than 80 hours a week or maybe 70, let's say 70. Okay. Um, but you need to, that's your expectation going into it because that's, you have to develop that skill set. And again, what you're doing is cramming two years into six months because that's you're, you're, you're taking the time and like magnifying the time you work per week. And that's, what's going to give you all the advantage in the world. So you have to do that. All right, so next time we're going to talk about specific skills you need to do once you have the job, once you find a good company, but that's going to help you in what to look for and how to get there.